0: hello and welcome to a new episode of curiosity satisfied curiosity killed a cat but satisfaction brought it back and i your host akanksha hope to satisfy your curiosity about today's topic today's topic is quite special As a lot of you know, I am an economics major in my final year of bachelors and this episode is a part of my assignment for a subject called economic thought. The topic that today's episode is going to explore discusses the economic thought of Greeks, especially Aristotle and Plato. Here are some fun facts about Greek philosophers. 1. We all know Socrates was famously sentenced to death for corrupting the young with his ideas. What's less known is that when he was asked how he ought to be punished, he suggested free maintenance by the state. That is, being given free food and wages because his constant questioning had done such a service to their society. Naturally, the government didn't exactly agree with his sentiment and they instead gave him hemlock. 2. Aristotle was literally a step ahead of his students. The philosopher loved to stroll while teaching at the Lyceum campus, so students were forced to walk behind him. As a result, the students were known as peripathetics, derived from the word for people who travel about. Way to burn calories as you learn. 3. Big thinking by itself cannot pay the bills. The great Aristotle also served as the tutor for the young son of Macedon's, King Philip II. This boy would grow up to be none other than Alexander the Great. Guess he was a pretty good teacher. 4. What philosopher list would be complete without reference to Plato's Academy? Founded in 385 BCE, the school would go down as one of the first institutions of higher learning in Western civilization. Plato led the academy for the rest of his life and it would continue for centuries until 529 CE. 5. The great philosopher Euclid is the most successful textbook writer of all time. In around 300 BCE, he wrote Elements, which has gone on to be republished in more than 1,000 editions, since the advent of modern printing. Today's publishers can only salivate at those figures. Six, Socrates was known for a lot of things, but it was not his sense of style. It is said he always wore the same ratty old coat and didn't even wear shoes. And it's not like he was going minimalist to enhance his natural good looks. It's also said Socrates was unfortunately quite ugly. 7. It is not controversial to say that ancient Greece was a brofest. That's what made Pythagoras so famous. He argued that women were equal to men and his Pythagorean school included female students. 8. Socrates served as a hoplite soldier fighting in the Peloponnesian War. He even saved the life of acclaimed general Alcibiades who commended his bravery in the symposium. 9. Aristotle's fame has only risen with his death. In his life, he was known as the man who knew everything. After his life, Thomas Aquinas would refer to Aristotle as the philosopher because he was the only thinker that he needed. 10. Despite his prolific status in the history of philosophy, Plato might not even be the man's real name. Some historians put forth that Plato was merely a nickname and that he was really called Aristocles. Aristocles doesn't have the same ring to it, so I get the change. Even crazier, the word Plato actually translates to mean broad. And one source says that he was given the name by his wrestling coach because he had such a huge figure. In this case, calling him Plato was essentially the ancient Greek version of calling Mark Ruffalo Hulk. Economic Ideas of the Greeks. The Greeks were the first to develop an economic theory, but it appeared in the form of incidental observations thrown off in the pursuit of a more worthy end. It is in the Greek writers that theorizing on economic matters first explicitly emerges. The ancient world was founded on a system of caste distinctions. The masters did not give due respect to odd jobs done by slaves. In the absence of freedom of choosing one's occupation, there was hardly any incentive for economic activities. However, Haney says that the part played by the Greek ideas in the development of modern economic thought demands no small attention. Credit goes to Plato for giving some attention to the economic aspects of social organization. The Greek philosopher who really laid the foundation of economics as a science was Aristotle. According to Eric Roald, Plato was the first of a long line of reformers and his student Aristotle was the first analytical economist. Economic Ideas of Plato Plato was a Greek philosopher. He was born in Athens in an aristocratic family. He was a pupil of Socrates. He taught mathematics and philosophy in the first great school of philosophers, the Academy, founded by him. His famous writings, The Republic and the Laws, are the most important sources of his economic thought. Credit goes to Plato for giving some attention to the economic aspects of social organizations. Eric Roll says that he attempted to offer a systematic exposition of the principles of society and of the origin of the city-state, as well as a plan for the ideal social structure. He regarded economics as a branch of ethics and politics. He talked about the following things. One, origin of the state. Plato traced the origin of the state to economic considerations. Plato said, a state arises out of the needs of a mankind. No one is self-sufficient. All of us have many wants. The state, in order to supply the necessary commodities to satisfy human wants, gathered together. The partners and helpers of this gathering is called as the state. In Plato's ideal state, there were two classes, the rulers and the ruled. The rulers were the king and warriors and the ruled were artisans and unskilled workers. The members of the ruling class must be set apart from early childhood and they should be educated in philosophy and the arts of war because they will have to protect the state against foreign attack. At the age of 30, they will have to pass an examination. This examination selects the future philosopher king and those who cannot pass are concerned with general administrative duties. Plato distinguished five types of government, aristocracy, rule by the best, democracy, rule by the soldiers, oligarchy, rule by a few, the rule of the wealthy and democracy. Secondly, he talks about division of labor. Plato's main contribution was in his account of division of labor. By division of labor, he simply meant the division of employment as an aid to social organization. He based the origin of the state on division of labor. According to Plato, the essential needs of mankind are food, clothing, and shelter. Therefore, a city state must include a builder, a weaver, a farmer, and a shoemaker or a representative of some other similar occupation every individual should do the work that is suitable for him as a consequence all commodities are produced more plentifully easily and of a better quality the division of labor into various trades was thus recognized as a necessary condition to economic welfare even though division of each trade into various tasks was not conceived by him moreover he did not consider the necessity of a wider market for the application of the principles. Thus, Plato's idea of division of labour is different from that of Adam Smith. Smith's division of labour is determined by the market, but Plato's division of labour determines the market. Secondly to Adam Smith, the advantages of division of labour go to only the employers, but to Plato, it it is beneficial to the entire society. Thirdly, the cost of division of labor, according to Plato, is the difference in skill and talent. But according to Adam Smith, division of labor leads to differences in skill and talent. The third thing that Plato talks about is the size of population. The problem of population was also analyzed by Plato. The size of population in his state was assumed on the basis of the best results of division of labor. He provided a careful regulation of population to maintain stability in the economy. The right number of population suggested by Plato for a state was 5040. Only such a number provided opportunity for everyone to be familiar with all the other people and help the economy to achieve self-sufficiency. It also helps to reap maximum productive efficiency. If the number showed a decreasing tendency, The state should offer prizes to encourage the growth of population. But if the number exceeds 5040, new colonies must be established. The next thing that Plato talked about was money. Plato recognized the value of money as a medium of exchange. He did not favor the idea of allowing gold and silver to be used by the common men. Instead, He suggested the use of domestic coins for payment of wages and other transactions. He wanted the state to have a common Hellenic currency for the use of ambassadors, travelers, visitors, etc. Interest Plato prohibited interest-taking for loans, but later on he permitted interest-taking as a penalty for delayed payment. Value Plato considered value as an inherent quality of the commodity. A man should not attempt to raise the price, but simply ask the value of the commodity. Agriculture. The Greeks considered agriculture as the most desirable occupation. Wealth and property. Plato criticized riches and poverty. He was of the view That riches made a man careless while poverty led to inefficiency. To him, great riches and happiness cannot exist together because the rich people spend a part of their wealth without any justice. Plato had suggested an ideal property arrangement. Only farmers and artisans were allowed to get property, while the rulers and the administrators were not allowed to enjoy the property rights. He realized that the city was divided into two parts. Namely, city of the poor and city of the rich. These two parts were always at war with each other. Plato regarded slavery as a permanent factor in the civilization of mankind. In his book, The Laws, he stated that the treatment of the slaves should be liberal. Foreigners who were defeated in war and were taken as prisoners should be made slaves. In his city-state, the slaves formed about one-third of the population and they perform most of the economic activities. Communism Plato's ideas regarding communism are extremely remarkable. Plato's communism is the most talked about and misunderstood part of his philosophy. In his ideal state, the property should be collectively owned. Plato advocated communism to eliminate the evils of the caste system. Plato's ideal state was not a communist state in the strict sense of the term. Though the aim was to abolish class conflict, it was not to be achieved on the basis of equality of opportunities. There were two classes, the ruler comprising of guardians and auxiliaries and the ruled, called artisans. The members of the ruling class were to be well educated in the arts of war and philosophy. According to Professor Haney, Plato's communism did not stand for an absolute mechanical equality but recognized authority and class distinctions. Education Plato stated that both boys and girls should receive the same kind of education. His idea on education is more important in the modern days. Plato's contributions made definite progress in economic thinking of his time. His economic ideas show that he was essentially a child of his time. He recognized division of labor and it was adopted as a means of easier and better production. However, he did not rec- recognize acquired skill, elimination of waste, etc., as later economists were to admit hi- its merits. Plato was a man of peace. He was the first 13 who made economics a handmaid of ethics. At best, We would consider Plato not as an economist but only as a social reformer. Next we discuss economic ideas of Aristotle. Aristotle was the first analytical economist who laid the foundation of the science of economics. He was the student of Plato and tutor to Alexander the Great. He did not produce any economic treatise. Anyhow it was from him the writers of Middle Ages got their main ideas. Though there is no continual analysis, his scattered ideas, especially private property, a city, and the just price, had a greater influence on subsequent economic thought. Even though Aristotle was a student of Plato, he differed from him on important issues like the origin of the state, private property, communism, etc. Plato was a deductive thinker, while Aristotle followed the inductive method and therefore a more practical one. While Plato was a radical thinker, Aristotle was more conservative. The reasoning of Aristotle is less imaginative and more logical and scientific than that of Plato. The main ideas of Aristotle were found in politics and ethics. The first thing that Aristotle talks about is idea of state. According to Aristotle, the state originates out of the needs of mankind. He explains the origin of the state in terms of household. The household is an association formed to satisfy the wants of the family members. The village grows out of a number of households and finally the state comes into existence. Man is by nature a social animal. So the state is possible because all men live together in a society. The aim of the state is promotion of good life. Thus, Aristotle attributes the origin of the state to economic and political causes. In Aristotle's ideal state, there would be two classes, the ruler and the ruled. The former was classified as military class, statesmen, magistrates and the priest. The ruled were farmers, craftsmen and laborers. The members of the ruling class would perform their duties according to their respective age. For example, they were soldiers when they were young and strong, statesmen in the middle age and priests in the old age. Private Property While Plato advocated public property, Aristotle supported the institution of private property. Aristotle argued that public property would not be looked after as carefully as private property. To him, private property was superior to public property on five grounds. Progress, peace, practice, pleasure and philanthropy. Private property is more productive than public property. The principle, what is everybody's business is nobody's business, can be applied here. Hence, Aristotle said that property should be private. When there is private property, they will make much more progress because everyone will be attending to his own business. Communism is not conducive to social peace. Quarrels are bound to develop when the principle of equal wages for equal work is not followed. Under public property, there is the possibility of someone doing more work but getting a smaller reward. The practical experience shows that private property is better than public property. Private property enables people to be sympathetic. The institution of private property will promote good conduct among the citizens. If a man has property, he can have a part of it for himself and share the rest with his friends. Further, Aristotle was against the imposition of sealing on private property. Rather, he pleaded for checking the growth of population. If population is not checked, it will result in poverty, which is the root cause of revolution and crime. Aristotle wanted the owners of private property to accept public responsibility. The property owners must act as trustees of the society. A similar idea was later quoted by Gandhiji. Scope of Economics The word economics is of Greek origin and it means management of the household. Aristotle developed the theory of economics while discussing the elements of household management. There were two elements, namely economics and crematistics. The former concerned with the art of consumption of wealth in the satisfaction of wants, and the latter with the art of acquiring wealth either by making money or by exchange. Aristotle speaks two types of exchange, natural and unnatural. Natural form of exchange satisfies the human wants. The unnatural form of exchange aims at momentary gains. Aristotle speaks about two kinds of uses. One is the proper use, which is similar to economy proper or value in use. The other is similar to the science of supply. For example, a shoe can be used for wearing and for exchange. Both are the uses of shoe. The first type of use is economy proper and the second is value in exchange or chromatistics. By saying this, Aristotle laid the foundation for value in use and value in exchange, which were later popularized by Adam Smith. Barter is also a natural branch of chromatistics. Thus, Natural chromatistics concern the satisfaction of natural wants by natural uses of a commodity, while exchange is an unnatural process of money-making because man goes on undertaking this activity even after he has reached the point of satiety. Money. Aristotle's theory of money explains what money is and what money does. Aristotle explained the necessity of money, while Plato explained about only one important function of money, namely medium of exchange. Aristotle explained the other functions of money, namely store of value and measure of value. Aristotle advocated a non-communist society. In such a society, there would be barter. Then the difficulties of barter would result in the introduction of money. He believed that money came into existence existence, through legislations. Aristotle's treatment of money is said to be the best part of his economic thought. He said that money came to be introduced to facilitate commercial dealings. In the opinion of Schumpeter, Aristotle's theory should be called the medalist theory of money in contrast with cartel theory of money propounded by Plato. Interest. According to Aristotle, interest-taking was the most unnatural of all the methods of getting wealth. said Schumpeter. Money served only as a medium of exchange and it cannot be regarded as productive. As one piece of money could not produce another, interest was unjust. Money had no business to increase from hand to hand. In those days, money was borrowed by the poor people for consumption purposes and therefore interest-taking was considered unjust. Slavery Aristotle's views regarding division of labor, inheritance, population and slavery were more or less similar to that of Plato. He supported the institution of slavery. He divided slaves into national slaves and legal slaves. The natural slaves were inferior to others, both in body and mind. Those conquered in war were treated as legal slaves. Next, we come to Aristotle's criticism of Plato's communism. Aristotle did not fall in line with Plato in so far as the community of property was concerned. Under common ownership of property, people will not look after it carefully as it will be under private ownership. To him, Ownership of property was a natural instinct of man. Aristotle had a new idea that property should be private, but the use of it should be common. Thus, Aristotle modified Plato's theory of communism. He did not accept the extreme individualism of the Greeks. He wanted more and more goods under common use without affecting individual proprietary rights. Monopoly Aristotle defined monopoly as a position in a market of a single seller. He condemned it as unjust. Aristotle led the foundation of the science of economics. He may rightly be called the first analytical economist. He adopted inductive method to explain the origin and growth of the city state. His ideas on private property are valid even today. In the field of exchange, He laid the foundation for the distinction between value in use and value in exchange. Moreover, his treatment of money is the best part of his economic thought. On the whole, Aristotle's contribution to the development of economics thought was more important and his ideas developed in his ethics exerted greater influence on the writers of the Middle Ages. List of fun activities to try out if you enjoyed today's episode. Firstly, if this episode inspired you to look up economics or study about it further, MIT has an open courseware account on YouTube wherein they upload lots of lecture videos that discuss economics extremely beautifully and in a lucid manner which everybody can understand. Secondly, Here's a list of movies that involve Greek philosophers or Greece in general. The first one being Socrates by Robert Rossellini from 1971. Second, La Banquet* by Marco Ferreri, 1989. Third, Oedipus Rex by Pier Paolo Pasolini, 1967. Four, Media by Lars von Trier, 1988. Fifth. Antigon by Yorgos Zavellas, 1961. Sixth, Electra by Michaelis Kakoyanis, 1962. Next, here's a bunch of books you all can check out and read to know more about Greek philosophy and Greek philosophers in general. First, Readings in Ancient Greek Philosophy, From Thales to Aristotle by S. Cohen, P. Kurd, and C. D. C. Reeve. Second, The Pre-Socratic Philosophers by G.S. Kirk, J.E. Raven and M. Schofield. Third, The Trial and Death of Socrates by Plato. Fourth, The Republic again by Plato. Fifth, Nicomachean Ethics by Aristotle. And sixth, The Essential Epicurus by Epicurus. And that brings us to the end of today's episode. I hope you all enjoyed listening to it as much as I did making it. For more updates, be sure to follow the Instagram page at the rate curiosity satisfied podcast. Thanks for listening. Bye.